Willy Jen and Sarot De, Melissa Shagnos is at the land, you dish you at Quayakara Idlan, Nayitinian at Kayak Sinsiaran, artist at Curator Golgeshna, Chinan Kotana. My name is Melissa Shagnoff. I am Caribou and Fish Eater Clan from Night Dinyana or the Log of the River or Chickaloon Village. Uh, and I am an artist and a curator. Um, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> From the Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Zoom Room, a youth-produced podcast where each episode we zoom into a different theme or topic through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. I'm at me, senior producer Quinn White. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on, and we'd like to talk a little bit more about that. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Melissa Shaganoff, who in addition to being an artist and curator, hosts land acknowledgement workshops for YWC Alaska. At me, senior producer Daisy Carter spoke with Melissa about the importance of land acknowledgements, decolonization, and further steps people can take to reverse the erasure of indigenous cultures and histories. They spoke over Zoom on November 10th, 2020. up did you ever feel that your land was acknowledged no actually so i i am alaska native i'm an Atna person um and i grew up on the kenai peninsula and i think that uh land acknowledgement and recognition of indigenous peoples history and current work uh was not something that was commonplace or anything that i really experienced growing up. So uh, as I went into my career and, uh, you know, started working professionally, um, that was something that I wanted to really bring to the work that I did and the framework of my art practice and curation. In these studies, um, what is the importance of the land acknowledgement? So uh, the importance of land acknowledgement is, um, I think there's like a very simple and a very complex kind of uh, understanding of it. Um, the simple part is that it acknowledges people. It acknowledges indigenous histories and and the experience of indigenous people. But the complex part of it is that it also recognizes uh, indigenous values and indigenous value systems that uh, modern society, the dominant Western culture, uh, doesn't bring into their community. So land acknowledgement, I think uh, the importance of it is the fact that it's not only recognizing people for the work that they do, but also recognizing who they are, what they believe in, and those values. What got you into kind of studying land acknowledgements? Um, so when I was uh, working for an institution, I attended a conference in Canada, and Canada has Truth and Reconciliation, which is pretty much like the, the country's commitment towards recognizing Indigenous histories, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. And uh, part of um, 
part of their their work is is doing land acknowledgments at the beginning of every discussion, every performance, um, at the opening of every conference. And uh, while I was traveling, uh, it was the first time I heard land acknowledgment, and I think that I didn't quite realize how moving it could be. Um, until I had actually experienced it. So I was traveling in Diné territory. I was traveling in territory of, of my people, of Diné or the Athabascan people. And uh, they were, the executive director got up at the beginning of the conference and recognized the Diné people and their ancestors and their history um, and also their current work. And it really just like took me back. You know, it, um, it made me, realize how important it was for me to to feel seen in that space you know and how much I carried with me you know because it, it really kind of it just moved me you know it moved me to feel like uh, that person in the work that they were doing considered my ancestors and my people and considered me and the work that they were doing. What do you think or hope are the long-term effects of land acknowledgements? Well, I I hope that people take a deeper dive into it, you know, because land acknowledgement, um, I think that in some cases it can be uh, just something that people read, a statement, um, something that, that really that turns into policy is not felt. So I hope that land acknowledgement really is just the beginning for people to uh, check themselves and their power and privilege and, you know, learn about um, the Indigenous people of their area because Indigenous people, tribal governments are operating, continuing and um, working on the things that they care about, you know, whether it's cultural vitalization, language resilience, subsistence, you know, land access, land back, you know, Indigenous people are are still working to steward this land. And uh, I think it's everybody's responsibility to understand those endeavors. And I hope that land acknowledgement is just people's way in, you know, um, their their entrance into this like deeper work of understanding indigenous people, um, you know, uh, across Alaska and across the world. Yeah, I'm very interested, you know, in learning about like land acknowledgements because, you know, I was born in Alaska and so, and I'm, I'm excited to learn more about land acknowledgements and how to kind of appreciate the land for what it is. And I'm just wondering, what is the proper way to do a land acknowledgement? I think the proper way to do a land acknowledgement is to reflect personally on why you need to recognize Indigenous people. You know, uh, I think that in some cases, people want sort of a 101 script of like, how, what, what, are the, what are the boxes you have to check to do a good land acknowledgement? And I think that those um, ultimately only serve to hurt your purpose. You know, if your purpose is equity and better understanding and decolonization, um, I think that the proper way to do a land acknowledgement is to is to personally reflect um, why it is that you wanna do these things and to set goals for yourself to be accountable um, to acts of reconciliation, acts of, of um, solidarity and, uh, and really doing the work your, yourself to learn about the indigenous people of the area you occupy. Can you talk a little bit about, like, as you said, like what colonization 
kind of did, you know, that ha- that's gonna it's making us having to do these land acknowledgements? Well, so uh, colonization, colonialism is an ongoing project. You know, um, it is a result of intentional erasure of indigenous histories, of uh, histories of people of color. And I think that um, land acknowledgement is certainly not an answer to colonialism. It's certainly not uh, an action. Land acknowledgement is just words. And I think that, again, land acknowledgement is just an inroad. It's just a beginning to start mapping out um, what is the work that you personally need to do uh, and and also an opportunity for you to learn about indigenous values that I think can benefit all of us because indigenous values are really based in community wellness and community health and living in relationship with the land and waters and animals. And those are the kind of values that we need today. You know, those are the kind of values we need for a brighter future. And while indigenous values, indigenous ceremony, indigenous culture is for indigenous people, I think that the work and effort for allies and outsiders to learn about those things, I think that it can set us up for a better way of understanding each other. And land acknowledgement certainly isn't any sort of answer to colonialism. And I think that in some ways land acknowledgement can do harm, you know, if um, if land acknowledgement becomes your quote unquote woke moment, you know, the box that you're checking, you know, to, to uh, support indigenous people because land acknowledgement is not action. You know, land acknowledgement is not work. You know, land acknowledgement is just a beginning. And I think that uh, that that's what we have to understand is that, okay, you know, you're going to sit down, you're going to write a land acknowledgement. You're going to sit down, you're going to personally reflect on what you don't know, you know, about the space and the history um, on the ground that's below your feet. But what are you doing to tell the truth about that place? You know, what, what are you doing to uh, use your power and privilege to lift indigenous histories to make these things that are um, particularly in Anchorage been made invisible, visible. Um, I read your article in the Alaska Humanities Forum and I was just wondering if you could talk about about some actions that the native community has taken, um, have taken to have their land acknowledged. Well, I mean, it's really not the work of indigenous people. Uh, Indigenous people have always recognize the land. They've always recognized um, the people who've cared for places. You know, my one of my elders, um, Wilson Justin, talks about like traditional land acknowledgements was, um, you know, as he as he translated it from Atna was putting on like your happy face and going into someone's territory. Because when you do that, um, you're offering, you know, a huge amount of respect to the people who are stewarding that area. You're, you're respecting not only who they are as people, but their relationship with the animals, with the waters, with the land of that space. And uh, so indigenous land acknowledgements and what indigenous people have done is, is really part of what their moral code is, which is being in good relationship with, 
with your place, but then also offering deep respect when you're when you're a guest somewhere, being a good guest, you know, um, and and knowing someone, you know, um, like it's it's really important aspect of my culture to to always uh, introduce yourself in your language to tell people who your family is and who your clans are, because that is not only telling somebody, you know, who you are and where you come from, it's telling somebody what you're responsible for, who you're accountable to. And also it's it's kind of an offering. It's like an offering of this is who I am, you know, um, and, that, and it's really a hope that that person will tell you who they are back, you know, and it's this idea that um, community and allegiance, survival, is based on our relationships with each other. And so we have to be respectful at the start of that, you know? And I think that land acknowledgement can be really powerful if it comes from a place of building relationships. If your goal is to build a relationship with the person you're speaking to, with the, the audience you're speaking to, with the institution you're speaking to, with the business you're speaking to, and to tell them who you are and where you come from and what you believe in, if part of that is also um, recognizing that we're standing on the shoulders of indigenous people who have cared for this place for thousands and thousands of years, um, it might set the tone for all the work that you do after that. It might set the tone for the relationship after that. I love that you kind of gave the analogy of like, you know, when you acknowledge like the land or you do land acknowledgements, it's not like checking off boxes. Cause I feel like that's, that's something that people kind of, you know, do like, they're like, Oh, like I see you check off these boxes and I'm not like contributing to the problem. And, you know, like, I think that's really good that, you know, it's having a deep understanding of the land and, and that, yeah, that they've taken care of these lands for thousands and thousands of years. Um, well, and that, that we have something to learn from that, right? I mean, if if Native people have been here for 15,000 years, then that means that they're the only people who have been here in a way that is sustainable, in a way that 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 is, that is right. <laughs> I mean, like, we have a lot to learn from that. And, and I say we, the general sort of, like, dominant, like, modern culture, you know, the collective sort of, you know, modern way of being is that we have to learn from those traditional ways or else we're going to destroy this place. Yeah, like you mentioned um, earlier that, you know, when you acknowledge the land, like that's just something that you say and, you know, that we need to take steady action in order to, you know, like actually properly like acknowledge it. Um, so what do you see as the next steps to ideally some of the final steps? I hope that land acknowledgement becomes more and more commonplace, that it becomes uh, it becomes something that we can start being critical of, you know, and native people have already started this, have already started to be critical of land acknowledgements. Because, you know, in this process of change, we it, it's it's ongoing, right? And we're never going to arrive at a place where land acknowledgement is now done, right? Land acknowledgement is now at its most correct, right? It should always be changing and always should be growing and we should always be open for correction and always be open to make changes because 
that's the process of change, you know, is that you do your best and you get as far as you can, you know, and then hopefully somebody will come along and help bring you further. And then another person will come along and help bring them further. You know, that this is about um, building something and, and building it together, you know, and uh, it's not on the uh, labor or backs of indigenous people that it is up to everybody to be doing this work and everybody to be learning about these colonial narratives about um, this sort of like mass erasure of indigenous histories. Uh, it's, it's up to everybody to be doing that work and that research to, to, to know the truth. What are some ways that people can learn about like um, colonialism and land acknowledgements? And, you know, like if someone wants to really like immerse themselves in like the Native Alaskan or even Native American culture, do you know of any like ways that people could do that? So I think that there's like a huge, uh, there's there's a, a a lot of reliance on written materials, you know, a lot of reliance on uh, really like Western forms of knowledge passing, and then I don't think that that's always the best way, you know. Um, I think that the best way is to to seek out um, Indigenous individuals who are who perhaps are writing, who are speaking, you know, who are who are providing. Um, you know, discussions on these on these cultural things, um, because Native people are are the only people who can really talk about their culture from uh, from an authentic place. You know, and uh, Native people are more than capable um, of representing themselves. And so, I think that there is no one source. You know, where you can look at to find find these things. I think that it's really looking at where um, these this form of knowledge and these opportunities are coming from. Um, always be wary of institutions, always be wary of, of museums and universities um, and make sure that your knowledge is coming from native people that you're that you are absorbing. You know, um, one resource that I deeply trust, because uh, I know the individuals working there and know that the information comes from Native people, is the work done um, from the Arctic Study Center, which is a, a branch of the uh, Smithsonian. They have a uh, office uh, in Anchorage, and they provide a lot of information um, on traditional Indigenous materials. Um, they're a really great resource, the Arctic Study Center. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. They have their own website. Um, their YouTube channel is though pretty amazing. They do uh, short documentaries on um, processing materials with elders, with apprentices, um, you know, and all the information comes from indigenous people. What role does Alaska play in land acknowledgements nationwide? Well, I think that in some ways, Alaska is, I don't want to say, because that's kind of the trope, right, is that we're behind, we're behind everyone. Um, I kind of think of it the opposite, is that we sort of have the opportunity to reinvent, like, what is the best way to go about doing these things, about doing land acknowledgements. And, you know, for me, 
I think Alaska has the opportunity to really um, talk about kind of all of our unique cultures here. We have so many indigenous tribes, so many unique things um, about indigenous people in Alaska in the north. And I think that we have the opportunity to really reinvent what it means to equitably recognize people um, and then also stand by their recognition and, and follow it by, with action. What are some things you hope people learn from acknowledging Indigenous lands? Um, I hope that they realize uh, that acknowledging Indigenous people and Indigenous work, acknowledging Indigenous lands, is um, is really acknowledging the the work and relationship of Indigenous people. Indigenous ownership looks different than Western ownership of a place, you know, Western place naming, Western, um, you know, sort of land keeping, even in, you know, almost in like environmental and environmental sense is, is to, uh, is to somehow kind of like conquer and protect this wild place, right? Um, but indigenous people have been caring for this place and interacting with this place for 15,000 years, according to archaeological record. And that is before the pyramids. That is before any sort of form of written language. And it is a very ancient uh, knowledge. And, you know, I hope that what people take away from land acknowledgments and, um, you know, indigenous sort of land use is that Native people value the land beyond what it can provide for you. You know, Native people value the land um, in a more holistic sense, in in community, in in the belief that you only can survive on the land if you're a good person. You know, um, in my culture, in my language, you know, we believe that you are only a successful person if you're a good person because a successful person uh, can only hunt, can only gather, you know, if the animal chooses them. And that will only happen if you have good intentions, if you're a good person and you're careful with your words, you know? So I hope that people will understand that um, indigenous relationship to the land beyond the sort of Western forms of what subsistence is. It is, you know, a deep spiritual connection that uh, that guides everything that we do. I don't think I answered that very <laughs> well. Yeah, no, that was, that was such a beautiful answer. Like, honestly, that was, that was so amazing. What do you think a world in which everyone acknowledges indigenous land looks like? I think that um, a world where land acknowledgement or these ideas are are really felt looks like one where um we are really careful uh with each other and we offer respect and credit and acknowledgement of of the the work of of our of our ancestors and our family you know um you know i i, I think about this a lot about like, well, where am I going with this? You know, it's like, I, I'm continuing to teach these workshops, continuing to do this work, but to what end? Like, what is my goal? You know, and and for me, it's just, um, 
it's trying to sort of like dive into this the, this idea of of what would it mean to to truly understand all of each other you know what would it mean to um you know in my opinion decolonize you know uh, our experiences and i think that it would mean that uh, that we would uncover all of these you know hidden truths you know that we would uncover you know indigenous values indigenous histories um and make them part of something that we the sort of collective you know modern society respects because i think that that um understanding and that respect is something that we're missing you know and um colonialism uh, has made that misunderstanding incredibly willful. And we have the opportunity to take that away and to better understand each other. Is there anything else you would like to add about, you know, land acknowledgements? I think I just want to reiterate to again that uh, that land acknowledgement is is both simple and both you know, is both simple and complex, you know, that, uh, and then it's, it's, it's that sort of ping-ponging between, it's, it's like moving between those things, um, I think is where the work is, you know, land acknowledgement is always about the people, you cannot forget that this is about acknowledging Indigenous work and Indigenous history and, and current, you know, um, efforts, but then it's also about these like more complex, you know, things. It's about the this sort of colonial narratives that we've all been fed about Alaska, you know, the last frontier, the untouched wild. You know, it's about countering those things, you know, and and bringing forth the values of indigenous people, which is, you know, a relationship with the land, which is a deep respect and and desire to create allegiance with each other. You know, I I would hope that. Um, you know, that land acknowledgement uh, can bring about more understanding um, and also uncover the work that needs to be done by, uh, by non-Native people. All right, well, thank you very much for, um, I feel like I learned a lot about land acknowledgements and um, I'm excited to kind of uh, delve into that work and I will definitely be using more land acknowledgements in my day-to-day -day life because yeah I would like to I, I I do have a very deep respect for the land and for you know the people that have you know protected it and for the people that have you know helped it grow to this amazing state you know cool that was at me senior producer Daisy Carter speaking with Melissa Shaganoff You've been listening to Zoom Room, a production of the Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. Many thanks to the supporters of our podcast, including the Anchorage Museum at Rasmussen Center, United Way of Anchorage, the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. 
If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. And if you're a youth ages 13 to 24 who is interested in becoming a member of our team, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join to find out more. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Quinn White. Thanks for listening.